Turn your Bible to Isaiah 21, please. Isaiah 21. It's a joy to be in the house of God today to see you here. Brother Barry read beautifully a little while ago these verses beginning in chapter 21, verse 9. Behold, here cometh a chariot of men, the cub of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all the graven images of her goods, of her gods, he hath broken unto the ground. O my threshing and the corn of my floor, that which I have heard of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have I declared unto you. The burden of Duma, he calleth to me out of Seir, watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? And the watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If ye will inquire, inquire, return, come. I looked in the dictionary to find the definition of watch. To be awake, to keep vigil, to be attentive, to be on the outlook, to keep guard, to be expectant, to wait watching for a signal, to attend with alert vigilance, to observe. And the word night, the time from dusk until the dawn when no sunlight is visible, intellectual or moral darkness, the period after death, the darkness of eternity for those who are lost. The Bible speaks much of night. In Job 25:10, songs in the night. In Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 91, 5, the terror by night. In Luke 6, 12, he continued all night in prayer. In John 9, 4, night comes when no man can work. In John 11:10. He stumbleth in the night. In Romans 13, 12, the night is far spent. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, he cometh as a thief in the night. In Revelation 21 and 22, there's no night there. And in John, Job 7, 3, the wearisome nights appointed to me. The question in this passage, and keep in mind that Israel was in sad condition in the day in which Isaiah wrote. Assyria was the dominant power in the early life of Isaiah. But in 606 BC, Babylon rose to power and became the terrible oppressor of Israel, taking the best of Israel into captivity in the land of Babylon. Babylon was also in league with the Philistines, the Ethiopia, Egypt, Moab, Edom, and Arabia. But God intervened and Babylon fell in 536 B.C. to Media and Persia. Duma was the name of the district south of Edom. This passage is a spark of light in the dark night of Israel's history and gloom. The cry, Watchman, Watchman, what of the night? comes from no specific person. It comes from Seir, S-E-I-R, which is another name for that land of Duma, that land of Edumea or Edom. And the question comes to the watchman, what of the night? What of the night? The land of Duma is the land of death-like silence, emptiness, ever brooding over its desolate and storm-swept mountains. 
like an empty desert. The question comes to the right person, watchman, watchman. In Ezekiel 33, we read that we're all watchmen. Listen to this. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of my people, and say unto them, When I bring a sword upon the land of the people, if they take the land, and they take a man of their coasts, and set him for their watchman, if, when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take away any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. The word came to the watchman. What of the night? What of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The city in the time of peace was a watchman. When he stood around the city and watched in times of peace, to see that all was well, to knock on every door, to see if the doors were locked, to see if everything was right, see that there was no fire going on, and everything was just as it should be. Then there's a time in time of war when the watchman is at the camp, and it's his responsibility to watch for the enemy, and to watch to see if the enemy is coming, and then to warn the people. Then, after a long night of trouble, the watchman looks to see if the day is coming. And all that's involved in what the watchman was asked by Seer in this text. What of the night? What of the night? And as we think about that, I want us to think of those words the choir sang at the beginning of the service. Watchmen tell us of the night, what its signs of promise are. Traveler o'er yon mountain height, see that glory beaming star. Watchman does its beauteous ray, aught of joy or hope foretell. Traveler, yes, it brings the day, promised day of Israel. Watchmen tell us of the night, what its signs of terror are. Lest its shadows claim our time and our days of reaping o'er. Watchmen tell us of the day when the judgment hour is come, when we cease to show the way, when we work on earth no more. Watchmen tell us of the day we shall finally be at home. Watchmen send us out to bring lost souls to that heavenly home. Watchmen call us all to be a glory flame of fire for thee and to warn the Prince of Peace Lo, the Son of God is come. We're in a night of terror right now. 
doesn't take any newspaper correspondent to tell us that. We're experiencing today the, what the terrorists are doing to try to destroy America. They're trying it in Afghanistan. They've tried it in Iraq. They've tried it in Israel. They're sending suicide bombers, suicide cars to bomb people, to destroy them. That's what happened on September the 11th. They stole our planes, hijacked them, and then used our own planes as their terrorist bomb to destroy 3,000 people in one morning in a matter of two hours. 3,000 of our people dead. There's never been a war like this. No one is safe. There are organized terrorists. There are terrorists of the world. There are terrorists all around. And there are spiritual terrorists who are seeking to tell us gambling is okay because it brings in more taxes. Liquor is okay. It gobbles up our virtue and righteousness, but it's okay because we get a lot of tax money from it. Sexual terrorists who would destroy our purity in the name of everybody does it. Careless living among God's people, disregard for the church, disloyalty to the church. We talked in Sunday school this morning about why people don't come back on Sunday night. Somebody said, well, they watch television. Somebody else said they're lazy. What is the real reason people don't come on church on Sunday night? You know, many churches don't have church on Sunday night anymore, and you know why they don't? Because the leadership has listened to a number of people who don't want to come back on Sunday night. So they say, well, just a handful come, so we won't have the service. We just discontinue it. Do you want to be part of a church that doesn't have Sunday night service, closes the doors, dark building, a building that was erected to honor Christ? The real reason people don't come on Sunday night is because they've lost their hunger. No more hunger. The things of the world has have choked out their hunger for the things of God. And so they give Sunday morning as a token tip to the Lord and thank God for their coming on Sunday morning. But Sunday night, oh, it's just tough. It's the only night I have to rest. It's the only night I have to watch my favorite television or football game or whatever. It's the only night I have to just twiddle my thumbs and play checkers or whatever because there's no hunger. There's no hunger. Jesus said, blessed are they that are hungry and thirsty after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a tragedy when God's people don't fill his house in the service when the services are going on. I don't know about you, but I was interested in something Bob Kubosh said in a message last night. He talked about a, a young man who had been on drugs. He got saved. Bob helped him find a center where he could get off the drugs. And now he's back. He's going great for God. He comes to every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, visitation, all the other things. Because he has a hunger, it's exciting to him. Have you lost the excitement about the things of God? Have we lost that excitement? Let me encourage us to rekindle the fire. Paul talked about stirring up the gift that is within you. It's like in the old days when we had pot-bellied stove or great, great fires in the fireplace. 
And in the middle of the night, you'd have to get up and stir the coals and take a poker and poke the fire and get it going again so you wouldn't get cold during the night. I've done that many, many times in years gone by. That's what we have to do spiritually. We have to stir up the fires within us. Use a, the poker of the Word of God, the poker of prayer, and stir this thing up and get going again. There's the night of sin, the night of sorrow, the night of shadows, the night of searching for answers, the night of stumbling in the dark. Then I think of the night of weeping. In Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night. Everybody's going to weep. This past week, several of our families have gone through dark sorrow. The Kitchens family and the loss of their mother. The Hayward Casey family and the loss of a great preacher. And everywhere he has preached in many churches, there were tears. At that service on Friday morning, the place was jammed and packed with people from various churches, some from Louisville, where he'd been pastor of Gethsemane, some from Bowling Green, where he'd been pastor of Burt Memorial, many from other parts. Their tears. Then I think of Tim Adcox, right in the prime of life, 46 years old, wife and two children. His son was out in the yard. He saw the plane crash. He'll never get over it. He's eight years old. And then Friday, his daddy died. And this weekend is a dark hour for them in Fort Worth. James and Yvonne have gone there. Kenny and Rowena have gone there. Others have gathered in. A dark night of sorrow. Weeping may endure for a night. Many of you have passed through the dark night of sorrow. What do you do about it? What do you do about the tears? What do you do about the not, night? Watchmen, what of the night? What of the night? What are you going to do when the night falls, when the night comes, when the night times of life come? What will you do? Some just hang it all up. They get mad at God and shake their fist in God's face and say, if God's going to be like that, I'm not going to have anything to do with Him. But men of faith come back to the Lord and say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The night of disappointment. Every one of us has faced disappointment in life. You're going to face more of it. It comes to all of us. Disappointment with ourselves. Disappointment in the lives of others. What do you do with it? Well, some get bitter. Some decide not to trust anybody ever again. Some close themselves in and withdraw from society. Watchmen, what of the night of disappointment? What of the night of sorrow? What of the night of terror? What of the night of the valley of the shadow when the death dew falls and you're standing by someone you love very, very much and you see them fade and you're standing there helpless. There's nothing you can do. You can't revive them. You can't bring them back. You just stand there and watch them go over into the other world. What do you do with that? Some get bitter. Some get so dismayed they're never able to make it again. But there are many who are people of faith who say the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is part of life. 
death is being born into the other world. Just like we stand by at the hospital or at somebody's home when a little baby is coming to the world and we rejoice, there's a little boy born, a little girl born, and we thank God for that little precious life. And we say, look, they've, born, they've been born into a world. And we pray for them that as they go through the years ahead, that God will give them grace and that they'll be saved and serve the Lord. And then we stand by and see a loved one fade down into the darkness. How precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the righteous. Keep in mind that you and I may not think it's precious because we miss them. But that verse says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the righteous. When loved ones go down into the valley of the shadow, how precious over in heaven. There's a great reunion. It's almost as if God invites all the angels and all the loved ones, maybe the family members to come and say, look, look, here he comes, here he comes. And as Brother Bud so pointedly put it the other night, we'll fly away. And he had his arms going around as we flew away over into the glory. Some glad morning when life is o'er, I'll fly away in the presence of the Lord. Well, what are we gonna do about the night of expectation? God answers prayer. Jesus spent nights in prayer. Many of you spent whole nights in prayer. The night of waiting for the dawn. Have you ever been sick? Somehow sickness seems worse at night. And you go through the first hours of the night and then you begin to wonder, will it ever get dawn? And if you're very, very sick and you can't sleep, those night hours are very, very difficult. And you long for the day to come. Watchman, what of the night? What do you do during the night hours when there's hurt, when there's pain, when there's sorrow? It's coming to all of us. But I want to speak in the closing moment about another kind of night. There's an awful night spreading its wings over our lives. That's the night when we'll have no more opportunity. No more opportunity to tell people about Jesus. No more opportunity to do what God wants us to do. First of all, our loved ones are going away. What a tragedy when God puts somebody on our heart and then all of a sudden they're gone. And we think, I wish I had gone to that person. I wish I had told him I loved him. I wish I had told her I loved her. I wish I could have told her more about Jesus. I wish I had tried to persuade that person more about Christ, but it's too late now, they've gone. I've stood by many caskets and seen family members come and look down at the dead face with tears say, oh, I loved you, but I didn't tell you. I didn't come to see you very often. I'm so ashamed. What a tragedy. So while it is still day, let us be up and doing, and let's go and do what God would have us do while we're able to. And especially for those who are lost. What an awful, awful thing for our loved one to be lost on the way to an eternal hell, separated from God forever, and we haven't done all we could do to help them. You know, I notice in church sometimes people talk and they don't listen. And sometimes they 
or sitting near somebody who is lost on the way to hell. I've seen them talk through the invitation time. I've seen them just not pay any attention at all. And they don't know that sitting right on their left-hand side is somebody who's on his way to hell. What do you do about it? What do you do to get through to that person? Can't even get their eye attention sometimes. What do you do to get through to that person to remind them that sitting near you is somebody who is lost and are doing, going down into the night of nights, never to be saved. And then I want to think for a moment as we close about those themselves who are going into the night. There are people within the sound of my voice today who are going to spend eternity in hell unless there's a change. You're on your way to hell. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The reason a person goes to hell is not because he's bad, but because he's rejected God's only remedy for sin. The only remedy for sin is God coming to Christ, dying in a on a cross for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. And when Jesus died on the cross, he took my sins and your sins in his own body. He who had never sinned became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. There is no other way to heaven. There's not a Mohammed way and a Buddha way and a Jewish way and a Baptist way and a Catholic way. There's only one way. It's the way of the cross. And only those who put their trust and faith in Christ can be saved. The night comes when no man can work. The night is coming. Watchmen, what of the night? What of the night? What of the night when you go out to face an eternity without God? What of that night? Do you think? Does it dawn on you the tragedy of it all? I dreamed that the great judgment morning had dawned and the trumpet had blown. I dreamed that the nations had gathered for judgment around the right throne. From the throne came a bright shining angel and stood on the, right, on the land and the sea and swore with his hand raised to heaven that time was no longer to be. The rich man was there, but his riches had melted and vanished away. The moral man came to the judgment, but his self-righteous rags would not do. Only those who put their trust in Christ, they're the ones that will be saved. So I want to ask you, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you really know him? Is he living in your heart? If you know him as your personal Savior, thank him. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you're not a Christian, why not today? Just open your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. I want you. You may say, well, I don't understand all about it. Neither did I when I came to Christ. So many things I didn't understand. I just knew one thing. I was lost. I needed a Savior. I was a sinner. And I knew Christ died for me. And I asked him to save me. And he did it. He'll do the same thing for you. Let's bow together in prayer. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that the night may come. But we don't have to be alone in the night. Because Jesus said, I'll be with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll be with you all the way. We pray that somebody today 
within the sound of our voice, either by radio or here in the auditorium, would open his heart to Christ and would say, without him, I could do nothing. I receive Christ as my Savior. And then may those who believe on Jesus determine in our hearts to serve you and love you and live for you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand, please. Hymn number 468. 468. Without him, I could do nothing. While we sing this hymn, this is God's invitation. I want to encourage you. First of all, if you're saved, what are you doing about the coming of the night when you can't, don't have an opportunity to serve anymore? What you're going to do, you have to do now for the Lord. There's some of you in this room that God has his hand on. He wants to call you into a special service. But what are you going to do about it? You either open your heart to him and receive him and say, Lord, I want to be used by God. Or you say, no, not today, some other day. If you're lost, don't turn Jesus down today. Come to him just like you are. I'm going to be waiting here at the front. I'd like to ask you to just come and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I don't understand it all. The best way I know how, I want to be saved. Would you do that while we pray and while we sing?